All right, are we all ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Totally <sighs> no, we're not doing this again. We're not doing that again. I will turn this podcast right around. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to send you home, okay, kids. Yeah. Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with Head of Development at Giant Space Cap, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? Ah, what's crack a I oh. thought I sent you uh, a, an image this week <laughs> with my new request for an intro, like, you know, pill-popping Satan's girl kind of thing. Did we not, did we not do yeah, that? Yeah, I can barely get the get voice down, Brie. I'm not, I'm not going to try <laughs> to, at this point, if I try to uh, insert, like, your, your wrestling intro music, it's just going to break <laughs> okay. me. <laughs> okay. If you listen to this podcast yeah. backwards. If you listen to this podcast backwards, it'll tell you how to numbers. make toast. Right. I'm really looking forward to our hour-long special on Yoshi's Yarn this week. I'm really, oh my god, I'm really looking oh no. forward to that. That's that's what we're discussing, right? We're going to well, be let, talking let me about introduce everybody else so that we can get right to talking about Yoshi. Okay. Assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? Oh, you know, I'm doing great. I've never been better. <laughs> this is the best day of the best week of my life. Rainbows and sunshine. That was a lie. <laughs> More later. <laughs> and we have a senior editor from ironware.com and host of the Vector podcast, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? I, I'm doing, like, I'm so excited to be doing the show. We're going to be talking about pandas and turtles and fuzzy I am excited to be doing the show. I will say that. <laughs> I, I love this show. I'm just going to start the show by saying that I think you're all great. Oh, I, I'm glad we're here. I think we just need to have like an audio group hug to start the show. And yeah, <laughs> I think so. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate I you. I can do all. that. I, I appreciate all of you too. I think the, the three of you. I, I mean, I said this on Twitter, but I will say it here. I think the three of you are awesome, and I am very privileged to be doing the show with the three of you. Oh, I completely agree about the three of you. I love you all. Seriously, no jokes. I really I, do. I feel the same way. I mean, it's obviously my reading. husband and then the three of you, mm. but it's that, well, my husband. I love the three of you, and then, like, Zach is after that. Yeah, yes. okay, well, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what we thought. For me, it's That's my wife, thought, and then either oh. you or my kids, depending on how well they're behaving mm. that day. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, then, and how well, how well yeah. we're behaving. <laughs> It keeps switching back and forth in Steve's mind. There's sort of a scale, and the three of us are on one end, yeah. and his kids are on the other. Yeah. So before we start the show, I have to talk about a scientific theory that I have. Oh, no. um, and I've wanted to talk about this on several shows now, and I, I've, I've missed it. Bree, I have to pause you for a second, because every time you're talking, I'm like, I don't know yeah, what's going to come next. Like, but I'm like, I'm like so intrigued, because you never, she's going to come up with something, right? It's like, something all three of us are virtually has, hiding like under the table right now, because yes. we don't know who, where the eye, the eye of Bree is heading. Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Well, like, what is Bree gonna me. unleash? <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. No, I'll be so curious. <laughs> oh my god. So my oh. theory is that we could I my theory is that the reason the show is a success <laughs> is I think Georgia Dow's laugh has some sort of hypnotic <laughs> property to it. Mm. And my theory is like you could sell anything to Georgia Dow's laugh. So all I want you to do right now is to laugh, and then I'm going to mention a product, and we're going to see if like people buy it. 
Okay, so, yeah. Okay, come on. Come on, Georgia. <laughs> She's already laughing. She's already All laughing. you have to do is put in the product. It's going to be something horrible. <laughs> no, yeah, we're trying no. to sell poop. It's weird. It's weird that we're trying to sell that. But people will buy it. Uh, I mean, this is the internet. Oh, jeez. Well, I didn't say whose it was. Come on, oh, Georgia. God. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up. <laughs> laugh, dog. Laugh. I own you. To the show. <laughs> oh, we. I. I need some laughter. I have to say, after all the stuff that I'm reading, stop it's this. pretty. We should start putting fandas.biz uh, into the show subliminally. Every time Georgia laughs, just think fandas.biz. It's, it's funny because somebody somebody actually did accuse me of putting like subliminal messages into the show the other, this week. Are yeah. you found out? Really? <laughs> For what? Well, well I might, if I told you, that wouldn't be any fun. Well, but hypothetically, <laughs> okay, okay. what did I'm they intrigued. think the subliminal message I don't even was. remember. Probably for Nintendo games knowing me, mm. but you know. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Yoshi's okay. Yarn. Or oh, F Zero. It, it was F Zero. We know what is it the was name F-Zero? of the Yoshi Yarn game because they can't call it Yoshi's Epic Yarn because I already played that game and it had Kirby in it. Yoshi's Woolly World. Is that what it is? You know I... what? All right, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. But okay. I already played Kirby's Epic Yarn. That's all I have to say. Before we get into what Bree did on her summer vacation, yeah, Bree, tell us about video games and packs. But before we talk about video games at packs, we should talk about video games at Boston Fig. Oh, yeah. We're all going to Boston Fig. Except Georgia. Except for Georgia. <laughs> well. well not is, invited. This is, a, this is not a Canadian event. Persona non grata. <laughs> Aw. Maybe next year Georgia will get a scholarship to attend. Well, the problem is if Georgia went to Boston Fig, her, her laugh would be so entrancing that nobody mm-hmm. would play any games. So entrancing. Right. You know, I was teased as merciless as a child is for my but laugh. It's adorable. It's but okay, go on. Fanta stop us. Well, anyway, I'm giving a talk at the Boston Festival of Indie Games. I, Brie, are you giving a talk there? Uh, I thought me? it was a conflict of interest since I'm oh, producing okay. the show to try to put on a talk. It's not really a conflict of interest so much <laughs> as you being very busy. Hey, I'm going to produce this festival with a bunch of people and listen to me talk. You know, like, it's a little self-centered. So <laughs> it's your time to shine, Maddie. Is it? I'm not the only person giving a talk, and I'm not the keynote. Um, yeah, but you're, you're the only person that matters. Like, I shouldn't say that since I'm producing the show. Yeah, go but see you Maddie. You should go see Maddie. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it's September 13th in Boston yeah. at MIT. I hope the talk is good. I mean, I, I might just troll everybody. I mean, nobody knows what I'm going to say. I could say anything at this point. You've talked it up so much. It's like, really, I'm just mad with power. I think it should just be a Kirby retrospective. I hope. I, what, why didn't I pitch that? I don't know. You see, you need to console me before you do this stuff. I, it might be that. I honestly might just put Kirby references into every single slide. I might do that now. Anyway, so it's on September 13th. If you're listening to this now, if you're listening to this when it comes out, you probably you still have a week. There should still be tickets available. All of us but Georgia will be there. I'm not doing any talking, but I'll be walking around. So you come say hi to us. And What will I you will be, wearing, be wearing, Steve? I will wearing panda suit, I, but I will have Girl Scout cookies. Okay. <laughs> Yay. So... Ooh. Georgia, will you be there? Will you be like mentally projecting yourself into Boston? Like I will. one of us should just carry Georgia around on FaceTime for like eight hours. Oh, I really thought you were gonna say carry her around like <laughs> just... as a cardboard standee. Oh, that would even be even be better. That would be that would be scary what you guys would take photos of me with yeah. <laughs> Scary or fun and whimsical, I think. 
<laughs> that's true. That's true. It could mm-hmm, be hilarious. Mm-hmm. You could give my talk, I think. I just get like, <laughs> I would phone it in and then the cardboard stand in Georgia would deliver the talk. Oh, you see, that would be hilarious. No, I, you would phone it in and I would have like mm-hmm. an earphone and then I'd have like yep. a Maddie puppet. And I would do like the worst ventriloquistic kind of thing and well, have but you the yourself are a puppet in this situation. So <laughs> that's true. Like that's the, true. the cardboard cutout of you would have a hand puppet on its hand of me. <laughs> I don't really. I don't know. This really is really meta here. I didn't really. I don't think it's I really okay. It's that perfect. Through. It's perfect. Ship it. That's what Boston Fig is going to be. Great. I'm excited Great. to see everybody Let's there. I won't be there, happen. of course. But. See, now I want a game with puppets, using puppets. That sounds oh, terrifying. Right. I know, but it sounds terrifyingly awesome. There was supposed to be a game for the Wii that was like uh, a game where there was this little stuffed animal and you put the, you shove the, the Wii controller oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. the <laughs> underside of the, the, the stuffed animal. Wait, what? This sounds wrong. Okay, wait. Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, you this bounce? is a family show. <laughs> Come on. Are you, I, this is a family what? show. What the? This Steve like has kids. He game. has to edit this show. Is this and it's a real game? <laughs> what is it called? Daddy, and what are you listening really, it was to? Called, I'm going to Google this, but I'm really unhappy that I'm Googling it. <laughs> there was a babysitting mama game that had a doll that you had to take care of that you may have inserted the Wiimote into. I'm not sure. Because mm. I had to fight my daughters off from wanting to get that game because it looked terrible. Okay. So, we stuffed animal game did autocomplete, but none of the results pertain to this game. The, just other other Wii games are coming up. Sorry, it was it was his mouth, not his underside. That's not better. In, so I... No, it's really not. And I'm looking at a picture of it now. I finally found it. It's called Wee Wah. It was called Wee Woo. W i i w a a. Oh, I have W-E-E-W-O-O. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm looking at a post on Engadget from 2009. So this is a really old game, and it's great that we're visiting it now. So we'll expect George's <laughs> review on the next episode. Okay. I actually wrote to them. I was, like, all excited. This looked adorable. Well, I'm putting the link in the chat if anybody wants to look at this terrifying photo of a stuffed animal with a Wiimote <laughs> sticking out of its mouth. So, yeah. Oh, my God, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. And Georgia subjected all of us to it as payback oh my for the show god. notes that we made her read. Oh my god. Oh my god. There, there was a time that I thought that Seaman for the Dreamcast was like the most terrifying thing ever, and now that's no longer the case. Hold on. I've got to change this to my oh. avatar after doing the show. Hold on. You guys are going to stare at this. It is really impressive how rapidly. Brianna Wu can go from seeing a photograph, being horrified by it, and then making it her avatar. Well, if she's going to be horrified, everybody's going to be horrified. I'm going to make this my Twitter avatar for while we're recording the show. Oh, that's Excellent. fantastic. Brie, tell us about packs. speaking of horrifying okay, avatars. Okay, right, because we, we should stay somewhat within the realm of the reality we're living in here. Why we start now? Right. That's no time like the present. I do want to tell people we, you know, we're being like all jokey and stuff now. We are going to have a very serious adult discussion of Gamergate just later, but not right now. So let us enjoy our lives for a moment. Right. We're having dessert first this week. Then we're going to be miserable. So, so PAX, um, (laughs) 
It was kind of crazy. I have to say, I like PAX East a lot better as ter- in terms of the show floor and the layout. Like, PAX Prime is really, really confusing. Like, you've got two buildings that are across the street from one another. It's on, like, six floors, and you have no idea where how to get anywhere. And it's like, you're going to this convention over here in this room. It's a really, really disordered difficult to navigate a convention. I mean, it's fun, but I really just think I I personally find PAX East a lot more uh, accessible personally. And a lot of it it was a lot of the same vendors and booths and people that actually knew from, you know, PAX East because, you know, I do that professionally and get to know people. So a lot of my mission there last week was more political for my company. Like we're working to do the PC release of Revolution 60. So I was taking a lot of meetings, trying to find you know, a good publishing partner on Steam, things like that. I got to have lunch with a bunch of cool people like Nicole Tanner, uh, formerly of IGN, now working at Pixelkin. So it was a whole lot of business and meetings, but I did get a chance to play a few games. So I was going to tell you guys about. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, how is it how did you like the experience of like being not like change your booth for the entire weekend? I, I didn't like it. I felt purposeless. Um, mm. It's really weird to walk the show as a civilian. And, you know, I was on assignment for Kotaku while I was there. So, you know, I was interviewing people and talking to people, but it was still a very strange experience for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that's how yeah. I kind of felt last mm-hmm. year when I was, you know, I didn't have anybody else. I was just kind of solo. I was just kind of wandering around. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've said even covering the event as a journalist, it's it's not an event that I think is compelling. Even when you're there as a journalist covering it, constantly interviewing people, I really wish there were more going on. But I'm also used to cons where there are a lot of showy events that are cosplay oriented because I go to a lot of cosplay cons. So I'm kind of spoiled by the pageantry of that. And in comparison, PAX doesn't have that much pageantry or sort of entertainment fun types of watch this sparkly thing happen. That's not quite what PAX is. I mean, I did enjoy doing my panel, but I kind of have to agree with you, Maddie. I mean, the, the loot was cool. Like I picked up some cool stuff and you picked up some cool loot. Tell, tell uh, us a I got bit of a loot. giant Pokemon, which I'm very happy Wait, about. Okay, this so, is very important. Pokemon? Oh which God. Pokemon? Name who, that who? Pokemon. It's, I don't know. Oh, come on. It's it's a fox. <laughs> it looks like a fox. It's a pillow. Even, you didn't know that there would be a, a um, question and answer period, did the you? Pokemon, I'll, I'll send you a picture Please later. Please do. This is- yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, No, no, this is unacceptable because you knew, you knew coming on the show, you were going to tell me that you got a giant stuffed Pokemon and you knew that this question was coming. Is it an Eevee? Brie, I sent you a picture of an Eevee in the... No, this is, it's more (laughs) fox-like. It's more fox-like than the fox Pokemon. Okay, interesting. Okay. I don't know. I don't know either. I think we're just going to need to do a whole rendition of the PokeRap until we figure out which one it is. (laughs) Okay. You know, there was a point in my life when I knew every word to the Poké Rap. I'm just going to put that out there. Georgia, do you know what the Poké Rap is? Because I don't, and I'm judging both of them. I yeah. really don't. Okay. I, don't I just want to say that. I was waiting for someone. I can beatbox while you guys At the guys end of rap. every episode of the original Pokémon anime series, they did a rap where they went through, like, what was it, like 25 Pokémon in every episode, and they had them all rhyming and then showed their show their picture. You- well, I'm thinking of the official, one of several official Pokemon soundtrack CDs that had all 150 Pokemon listed in the official, like, three-minute Poke Rap. Well, it was segmented out in the in the episode, uh, so okay, they would yeah, cut yeah, yeah. it up. 
they would do it in segments. There were different verses, and they would do one verse at the end of every episode, but you could string all the verses together for the full three-minute Pokemon. Yeah. They also did a segment called Name That Pokemon, which I just quoted to Bree, and which she didn't get because she didn't watch the show. Right. Because I'm the youngest person on this <laughs> right. show. Right. Well, that's so what I, I was about to say. Like, you you can watch it, but Steve, Steve, you're you're about my age. So, like, okay. what's your... Yeah. Steve Who's was gonna... in high school when this show was No, on? actually, this was my junior year of college, and in my in my dorm, this was appointment viewing every afternoon at Oh, because it was, like, ironic. So you're watching it to make fun of Except, it? Well, it was ironic Except it became not quite so ironic. Right, because the show's actually pretty funny. Yes. So, yeah. I can see how that would that would work. Because you were old enough that it, it was okay to watch something silly again. Right. But when you're in high school, you can't do it. Right. I was actually too old for Pokemon even when it was on, but I watched it anyway because I was that much of a nerd in middle school. So, yeah. I'm just going to clarify that. Yeah, and I mean, anyway. we, we ended up getting, like, the, the cards for Pokemon Snap and going to Blockbuster and printing out the uh, printing out the stickers and putting them on our notebooks and stuff like that, which we were almost definitely too old for. Okay, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, <laughs> cool. Cool. I don't really feel embarrassed about memorizing the PokeRap anymore. No. They're not. They're not going to rap not. for us. Are they? Come on, I don't come think on. I remember all of it, but I do remember the beginning of it. Okay, Bree, let's break it down. Ready? We're, we'll Steve, we'll do the beatboxing. You guys out, start rapping. Ready? I, I don't remember. <laughs> See, the problem is I don't remember Electro, any of it. Diglett, Nidoran, Mankey, Vinatarata, Firo, Pidgey. I don't remember what. Yeah, that that's that's pretty good. That's more than I remember. But yeah, I remember all the little breakdown parts too. Like a hundred and fifty and more to see. To be a Pokemon master is my destiny. That's part of it. Wow, I like wow. I like that. I like that. Jesus. Anyway, what are you doing? That was better than show? our beatboxing career. <laughs> I don't You've know. You've got a music career that's waiting for you. I do Wait. sell music on the internet. That was great. Very few people buy it. There should be uh, it, there should be that an should album change. of you like. Being Doing Samus? The rap? No, like being Samus singing Ooh. me some sort of Metroid song. Interesting. Interesting that this you sounds would bring great. that up. Yeah. Because I've never done that. No, I okay. have done yeah. that. Yeah. That's you an should album do that, that exists. I recorded an album in character as Samus, and it is available <gasps> for money on the internet. MaddieMyers.bandcamp.com. There is not an MP3 okay, of me doing the PokeRap, but maybe there should be. There should be. You should totally cover that. I memorized the PokeRap because I wanted to enter a karaoke competition at Anime Boston, but the friend who was going to enter it with me, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. You, you totally... No, <laughs> you know what? You is, totally should do that at them. your next concert. You should totally do that as a cover the and Poke just break rap? into it. Yes. I don't know <gasps> that, that is I could brilliant. get the rest of my bandmates on board with covering the PokeRap. And, th- and then you have to get people dressed up, and I don't know who would do that, but there might be someone here that would do that. Get dressed up as Pokemon, right, right, right. And then, like, well, first we're like, going to just... need 150 people, each of whom will cosplay one of each of the original 150 Pokemon. I think what George is getting at is hey. that she wants me to cosplay as Pansham, the panda Pokemon. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you already have dibs on that. <laughs> that's that's so, it. That's Steve. So can I talk about Pax? <laughs> I, mean, I really stole your thunder here with this Pokemon. No, no, no. I realize, look, it's like <laughs> if I just say anything that's sort of about Nintendo, like some part of Steve's brain just like <laughs> I just have a little seizure and then that's yeah. it. That wasn't Steve, and that then... was me. I will take complete responsibility for all of that. See the problem is that Maddie encourages my 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 psychosis. Sorry, Pax. Bree, Bree, can, can I you tell us about Pax? Why are you stalling? <laughs> Get to the point already. We've been waiting so to hear this. I got this. a pillow that's not Pokemon. Um like a pillow stuffed animal. And let's see, I played Bayonetta too. I played Bayonetta too. <gasps> 
Why didn't you lead with that? <laughs> because she wanted to leave me on a 10-minute rant about Pokemon. That's why. So can I tell our listeners, the people at the Bayonetta booth this year, like there was one guy that was so unbelievably rude to me on the first Friday when I was waiting in line for it. Like it was ridiculously unprofessional. He messed he was, with the he wrong was breed. Really unnecessarily abrasive. <laughs> and I I was not so smart. upset about that I almost did not come back Sunday and play Bayonetta because he was just Ooh. that ridiculously rude to me. Um, but I, I did because I knew you guys would want to know about it. Um, Bayonetta 2 is pretty much the exact same game as Bayonetta 1. It is the exact same game. <laughs> it looks the same. The controls are the same. And that's all a good thing because I love Bayonetta 1. It's somehow a little more porny and it's a little more button mashy, but it's the exact same insane game. Bayonetta will you know, break out into a run cycle and she turns into a, a jaguar. And it is just completely bananas. Uh, and I cannot wait for it. I didn't play it, but I watched it because that's how long the line is for Bayonetta for like an hour. Um, and Hyrule Warriors, um, really, really, really looks good. It looks like there has a lot of depth there that I wouldn't have guessed that it was going to have. There's like a, a grindy get materials component to it, like defeating certain enemies gives you different kinds of rewards and it it really looks like someone kind of matched the the gameplay of Ninja Gaiden and kind of brought into the Zelda universe. Um I also have to say as you see it animated, it is nowhere near as porny as I was worried it was going to be with some of the female character designs. Zelda actually looks really awesome like as she's fighting. So that was really good. Brie, have you ever played a, Di- a Dynasty Warriors game just out of curiosity? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so was it pretty much Dynasty Warriors in a different skin, or did it feel different to you? It, it didn't. I didn't play it, but I did watch okay. it over the same demo over and over and over. <laughs> it it didn't seem. It seemed to. It seemed a lot better than Dynasty Warriors. I okay, actually good. don't think that's a very good game. Uh, no, I don't either. That's why I was concerned. No, this this looks good. Uh, okay. I wasn't going to buy it until I saw this, and now yeah, I'm planning on buying it. So um, the game I'm actually most excited about from the show, there's a Pokemon drawing game for the 3DS that teaches children how to draw. And, you know, I'm primarily known for my 3D work, but I also paid my rent for many a year of my illustration skills. And this is a legit drawing game that... If, if you had a child, like we had been talking about your kid, Steve, and yeah. like how she wants to learn to draw. Yeah, we had a, um, she's been trying to do a graphic novel. Yeah. And yeah. we had a bit, and we had That's a amazing. bit of a, uh, we had a bit of a freak out. The other mm-hmm. night I was texting Brie in a panic for art books oh. because she was trying to draw mm-hmm. and it was not coming out the way that she was expecting it to. And yeah. I don't know if it was just that she had a rough day or if it's, you know, kind of, part of part of her being on the autism spectrum or what but she just completely broke down in tears and i was like madly texted be like can you please give me some art books so at least i can give her something that she can work with so yeah yeah we were able to just like look at the preview on amazon but i guess it's a good book what i showed you by the way so yeah no we we even just got the preview and she was off to the races so that was really it was really helpful so but this uh pokemon game like there is a there's a certain 
formula that they take you through and teach you how to draw. And what really amazed me about this Pokemon game is how closely it adheres to that and really teaches you awesome techniques like fleshing out shapes and characters with circles, adding depth, you know, kind of it gives you templates to draw from. And it just looks exceptional. And I just, if I had a child, I would be extremely excited about this game. So that actually is the best thing I saw at the whole show. Yeah, I guess the, my mm, only problem cool. is that my oldest daughter, who's the one who's le- learning how to draw, is for some reason, and I haven't disowned her yet, but she has no interest in Pokemon whatsoever. Okay. Mm. So. I mean, I don't mm. particularly like Pokemon, though I am close to finishing Pokemon X. And I was very interested in it just because it, it looked like a a technically good way to learn how to draw. So I don't know. It impressed me. Overall, PAX, it was mostly just hanging out with friends, to be honest with you. I had a good time. Glad I went. Uh, my panel, the F word, uh, the F word being feminism, was awesome. <laughs> it was completely awesome. That sounds Do you great. guys, did you watch the video of me where I shot down Mr. Carrot at my alt comp? <laughs> what? <Yes>. Talk? So <laughs> you saw know. that? The YouTube video heard around the world, yes. Yeah, so I give this talk that no. was like nine ways to stop hurting and start helping women in tech mm-hmm. that went crazy viral. And the first guy that stands up is like, uh, you've, you've, you've given us a lot of stick and no carrot. Like, what's up with that? Or don't you think that's a bad message? And I just, <laughs> it was not pretty for him. It was yeah. not a good day. So we got the <laughs> sequel of that at PAX and it was awesome. So we, we do this whole panel. It's me and, you know, a ton of awesome journalists in the industry. And, and we got through it. It's a really good panel. And then we get to our last question and this guy stands up and starts complaining about the tone of feminist frequency. <laughs> and he's like, um, you know, I just don't understand why she can't be more positive. And Alexa from Polygon, she just kind of leans over to me and she whispers, do you want to get this? (laughs) 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 She saw the other day. She did. She did. I'm like, like, yeah. Brielle, take this one. I (laughs) decimated that dude. And so the panel ends with thunderous applause from the audience for me, like devastating this guy that asked a bad question, which I felt really bad about. Right. You don't go into that panel and start tone policing. Like, that's just not wise. Right. Well, yeah, it's like, there are things that are worth being angry about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're amazing. Is there a video of that? There is one. We'll post that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. you want to watch the uh, the end of it, especially though. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should probably take a break and uh, thank Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of uh, of Isometrics. I so love Squarespace. Squarespace is, as you know, is the all in one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and ten percent off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code Isometric. And of course, if you want to see Squarespace in action, you can go visit uh, Fandas.biz, which is our uh, fake merchandise site. <laughs> it's not fake, fake. merchandise. Well, I guess the merchandise is real. <laughs> what? Excuse me, what? it's a real website made with Squarespace. Made is... with the, the masterpiece made by Georgia Dow that will be in, inevitably in the Museum of Modern Art. Hello? We sell artwork. Right. Art, artwork the created artwork. by... That's, yes, loosely, loosely termed art, well, artwork. Well, no, it's artwork. It's art. I mean... <laughs> I am a professional critic, and it's art. I don't criticize art, but it's fine. 
<laughs> or at least I don't criticize yeah, well. physical art. I criticize digital art. <laughs> Georgia, I have a I have a request for fandas.biz, which is, you know, on our site made by, by Squarespace. So what I need for you to do is, you know, this whole pandas thing was your your idea, not mine. You started this. So somebody tweeted at me this week how they 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 like the hand the fandas. They like pandas and they like your hand turkey. And they've turned this idea into the handa. I saw that. Which is, it's drawing a fanda on your hand and then holding out your pinky finger and your index finger so it's the ears. And then you draw a, a panda face on your hand. So I have homework for you. <laughs> I need you to draw your very own handa so I could take a picture and put it up on our site for people to buy with dollars. And, and, and Georgia, please don't injure yourself in the process. Please don't. If, if you injure <laughs> yourself, it's a, if you have to suffer for art, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> uh. Okay, Panda's I'll do it. You know I will. This will be so bad. I'm like, I'm actually, yeah. the funniest part for you is when you're, when you're telling that story, I'm like holding my hand up and I'm thinking, how is this even going <laughs> to There's photos on like, Twitter of what it I looks like. It looks yeah. adorable. I, you can I draw gotta, a panda on your okay. hand, people. So it's like if we can make okay. I make a lot of money off this site. Because <laughs> we're because we're actually selling this stuff for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like the only way that people have to support our show right now is is giving us money through this. Well, another way that you can support our show actually and make your own website is by entering Squarespace. the code isometric when you yeah. use a Squarespace. But but you could also yeah. give us money for yeah. our Squarespace site on which we sell art. But if we can do this with, you know... Nonsense. With nonsense, imagine what you could be yeah, doing. Yeah, you could be making it rich. If, if we were sponsoring you, like, look at what we I mean, could, Maddie, you just redesigned do. your band's website I on Squarespace, did, too, I right? did. My, if people... I mentioned my band, my personal solo band camp, but I'm also in a band called the robot Knights. And if you go to robotnights.com, that's Knights with a K, you can see that I, a person who does not really know how to make a website have made a website for my band. And it doesn't look that bad. You're in two bands. I'm in, I'm in one band. I'm in one band. And I also record music individually that my band thinks is weird. Cause it's about video games, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they agreed to be in a band called the robot Knights, So they're nerds. Oh, that's a great picture. I like that picture. So yeah, you picture. should you should check that out. And also, you can give me friendly suggestions about how I should change the site because I'm still very new at it. And Squarespace is pretty easy to use. So if people give me suggestions, I can actually implement them. I really like I really like Squarespace. Legitimately, I made a website. I made that website before we even did this show. By the way, I got Squarespace before they bought a spot on our show. I already liked them, so. I'm completely genuine in saying that I think they're really easy to use. I wouldn't have picked them if I didn't think so. So plans start at $8 a month, and if you sign up for you, you get a free domain name. There's 24-7 support through live chat and email in New York, Dublin, and Portland. Uh, every site comes with responsive design. Uh, you design your site just through dragging and dropping, or you can go into the, uh, you can go into the code if you, if you want to, but you don't have to. Uh, every site comes with an online store. You can start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. So when you do decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10% off your first purchase. And thank you very much to Squarespace for their support of isometric. A better web starts with your website. Yay. Yay. All right. So let's get to the, let's get to the happy stuff. No, 
Do we have to? I'm I'm hoping to stall Georgia, for as long have been as possible. Four hours of scholarship for nothing. <laughs> I feel like we should make Georgia <laughs> summarize this because she's the least okay, involved. Okay, yeah, Georgia, Just kidding, Georgia, no one's you're... involved. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the test. This is like the oral exam for. Uh... All right. Oh, I know. This is like too much stress. Do you for feel me. like you don't understand it? Because I know I don't. So. <laughs> I'll give it to you from my okay. take on it, and I could be so. So hold on. Wrong. This is this is where Steve is going to pass the show over to me to kind of, you know, moderate this topic. So what we're talking about right now is actually very serious, and I wanted to like kind of make an opening statement before we we start this. Here at Isometric, we really worry about this show getting too hung up on women in tech stuff. Week after week after week after week, I have a meeting with Steve. I talk to Steve and we turn down two or three topics on women in tech and women in game stuff on average. Steve, back me up. Am I yeah, telling the truth? There's there? at least once, a, and I wish there wasn't as many as there are, but yeah, there's at least one a week that I, and, and it's usually, and, and in fairness, it's usually me asking, are we, do you want to talk about this? Yeah. And then because we, do not want this to be all the show is about. Like, we know you guys listen because, you know, it's like hanging out with friends. And who wants to hang out talking about this stuff that's, frankly, incredibly awful week after week after week? That said, this week, it's so horrible. And it's been so awful for me, for Maddie, for other women that I know in this field. I don't know anyone that is not on the verge of quitting right now. That's how bad it is. I'm not giving you hyperbole right now. So, you know, we're going to hit this head on. So, yeah, basically a few weeks ago, you know, Zoe Quinn is somebody I know and a lot of people know. You know, we're friends on Facebook and all that. And I start getting all these posts from her and I start noticing some behavior. She's really, really scared. You know, she's telling everyone, she's like, my ex-boyfriend is going to be coming out with some stuff, and I'm really worried about what's going to happen for it. And, you know, you, of course, have a, a human reaction for that. Like, any woman hates to see, you know, her friends feeling like that. Like, you have compassion for any woman going through that. Then it was the day that you know, Robin Williams' suicide came along, and she had this. Um, this she had a lot of worries about posting depression quest because it was the day it came out on Steam. She ended up doing mm-hmm. it for free that day. Then what happened? And she got tons of criticism for that. What happened a few days after that is her ex boyfriend put together a website that in nauseating, awful, horrible, gross detail goes through Zoe Quinn's private life and like just spills everything about their relationship and from his point of view, why it fell apart. And I don't want to go Mm -hmm. through and talk about the stuff on this website. I think if it were a gender reverse situation and it was a woman doing this to a guy, I think everyone would just dismiss the woman as a, a crazy jilted lover. And I'm not voicing an opinion on anything that's on that website. I'm just saying it was it was a lot of stuff there. And because of the double standards that women are held to in the industry, and because of the the 
intense amount of scrutiny Zoe already got, it blew up in a way that shocked me and made me completely disgusted and completely freaked out every single woman that I know in this industry. It was horrible. Can I just add something else quickly? To Please you? add I, anything. Yeah. I just want to say like Zoe is a person. She made depression quest because she herself suffers from depression. Yeah. And this is a game that talks about suicide. Honestly. Yeah. And she has gotten a lot of hate for that game. Most of it pretty nonsensical <laughs> in my opinion. I wouldn't really say I'm friends with Zoe. I really don't know her at all. This is so I can't really speak to that part of it, but I know that she is a person who has depression. So from that angle, seeing somebody who dated her, who knows she has depression, who knows that she has a group of people on the internet who hate her to see that person capitalize on that. I don't, I don't want to say that he was trying to get her to commit suicide because I mm -hmm. think that's too far mm -hmm. but that was how I felt when I read it yeah. that was how it came across to me perhaps that's an emotional reaction I don't know but it, it's that to me is unconscionable I don't really care how bad your breakup was I've had some very terrible abusive boyfriends myself but it doesn't really matter if somebody does something or they break the law you go to the cops everything that he says in the post there's nothing illegal there it's just upset things mm -hmm. and there's no reason why you would post that if you know that the person has emotional problems it's not right no and he says that the reason that he's posting this is to protect other people from her which is ridiculous yeah. like it's completely ridiculous because like really people make whatever relationships they choose to make there is no reason to go through like you know, people get hurt and, and pe bad things happen. Like, I've done horrible things, too. I wouldn't want anyone going through everything because I'm not perfect. So to have someone break your trust, you know, it's just it's just the fact that, you know, she put this game out. I, I don't know her at all. I, I've never met her. I've never spoken to her. But she puts out this game. It's, it's a game that is close to me because I treat depression. It's a helpful game to people. She, she put it out for free. And then to have that and to know just by putting out a game called Depression Cust, I already assumed that she's probably dealt with it or knows someone that had. I, I did not know her before, so I couldn't make that assumption. But you kind of assume that. And it's something that could have helped people. And then they make this yeah. into such a negative. The website, which I did read, it was just, you know, it was so, gritty and wrong to have that from someone that's your friend like i wouldn't care if i had a friend that shared a secret with me and i hated them if they they you know murdered my dog i'm not going to be starting to spread their secrets i'm not going to like them i'm not going to hang out with them anymore but you don't have to do that to someone else especially knowing that she had a complicated life too so it was just oh it was really painful and horrible it, it to seemed see obvious that. to me that he was and he's even stated this i've have sadly read the interviews that he's done he's done some interviews he is trying to destroy her career. He yeah. has actively said that he is trying to destroy her career. That's his goal. So I really hope that someday he can kind of take a step back from this and realize that he's made a terrible mistake Yeah, in trying to do that and that that's wrong and it doesn't make sense. But it, it doesn't really matter because unfortunately, and I, I'm sure, Brie, you were about to lay out this timeline. Unfortunately, because of this incident, 
a lot of mm-hmm. other women have been accused of similar things based on nothing other than the fact that they are women. Like I have seen people ask Lee Alexander on Twitter who she slept with to get her job. She's a games journalist. She's not a developer. She's not even in the same field necessarily as Zoe. I have had people tweet at me to call me a whore. I don't know if we can say that on the show. That kind of thing. I am not involved in this. People say these things because they're attacking women because they believe that women in the games industry do not belong here and that they must have slept with somebody to get here. And so right. it is it is a confirmation by a situation where they wanted to hear that that's the reason why Zoe or any woman is successful. So as soon as they get even an accusation of that, they believe it and then they take it to the next level and start attacking other women. We're, we're going to get to all that too. Yeah, um, yeah. Right now, I'm just trying to lay out the timeline. Like okay, This is just okay. 1% of... I know, I think it speaks to how messed up this situation is that like we could spend two hours talking about just this one part of it. So basically, Gamergate started with Zoe Quinn. It started with people frantically attacking Zoe over these accusations made by a former boyfriend that included some could hypothetically be valid concerns about conflict of interest. If you look into these conflicts of interest, all the magazines involved or the the periodicals involved have published letters. I think it's very safe to say there's no person with a reasonable point of view that could feel that there was a, a true conflict of interest between Zoe developing these games and, you know, the people covering these games. Can I can I say something to that, Brie? Even even if there was, and even if she used her feminine wiles mm-hmm. to get a review in, it, it's it's up to the journalist to say, like, someone offers me money and and it's not their fault for trying to offer. It would be me as a journalist, my integrity to say yes or no, and can I do this, and and you know what disclaimers I would have to put to the post to it. And yet it seemed like the backlash was against her, which seems to me to be a twisted point of view. In that's this always conflict. what's not said Sorry. right with me either is that if you have a problem with the publication, talk to the publication. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it, it took right. people a while. They did eventually decide that they were going to attack games journalism, which I'm sure is the part in the timeline that Bree's about to get to. But yeah. The beginning of this was all focused on Zoe and very little on any of the men who were allegedly implicated. It was an entire week of attacking Zoe. It was a week of people tagging me nude photos of Zoe. It was a week of people saying the most crude, horrible stuff about Zoe. It was it was the kind of harassment you would not wish on your worst enemy towards Zoe. It was 4chan blowing up and making an organized effort to hack Zoe. She has had her Skype hacked. She has had her life torn apart. She was posting pictures today of people calling her former employers trying to dig up dirt on her. This is the kind of harassment that no one, no one, no one, no one, no one deserves. And she has been the victim of this. 
which is only one part of the story. So you come to, as Maddie said, eventually they did start talking about journalism as a whole. Adam Baldwin tweets this hashtag, like with videos attacking Zoe, and uses the hashtag Gamergate. Since the entire time I was at PAX, you've seen legions of extremely angry people using this Gamergate hashtag to attack... Zoe and countless other women in the industry, they put out a kind of hit list of don't trust these people with Maddie's name on it, um, along with a bunch of other people, uh, you know, accusing her of being a social justice warrior and telling people not to read her website. They've attacked, you know, all kinds of friends of ours. And what you basically have is an extremely angry mob that has been targeting my friends and Maddie's friends and making every single woman I know in this industry scared to death. And that is the discussion we're about to have. Unless does anyone have anything else to add to that? I mean, no other than just more basic timeline things like i i know that some of the people who have written in response to this have ended up receiving harassment simply for speaking out about it yep like lee alexander wrote a piece about how she feels like the word gamer is no longer meaningful now that gamers are so diverse and a lot of people decided that this was proof that games journalism had abandoned them and that there's sort of an argument about whether who gets to call themselves a gamer and whether that's a meaningful word, which is an argument that honestly has been going on for years. But now that women are involved and women are even remotely in power, it's arguable as to whether or not really they are. Lee is one of the only women in games journalism who has any anything close to power or influence. I I would have to say, I think Susan does too. Yep. Susan does. And, and, Susan, I would say more because she's an editor in chief, whereas Lee is more still more freelancer at this point. But the the point is that a lot of people have tried to derail this issue by saying that they feel like games journalists don't care about the real issues and they aren't covering Zoe's story in the way that is desired because a lot of journalists refuse to cover this story out of thinking that it's not okay to talk about people's personal lives and also everything in this website was unsubstantiated and it's not ethical to report on this kind of thing. Yeah. Like according to anyone or any ethical guideline from any journalism <laughs> school you could attend. So yeah, but uh, some stories have come out. I don't know. I'm, I'm incoherent about this because I'm, I'm so upset and I'm sorry. I'm so, I apologize to our listeners because I know that I'm not making that much sense, but I have gotten a lot of weird tweets this week. Oh God. So forgive me. So I think the other the other thing that's kind of been going on that's kind of gotten more people than involved in this, it seems, and I've been doing a lot of reading and I've had some conversations. I've just been trying to make sense out of all this for myself. And it sounds like one of the things that happened is that a number of similar articles to Lee's came out on a number of different blogs all at the same time, either referencing her her article or there was another right, right, right. blog post from Dan Golding about the death of the gamer identity. And I think a lot of these posts were in reaction to the fact that many of the people attacking Zoe identify strongly with this gamer identity right. Right. and right. don't see games 
indie games, certain kinds of social justice, quote unquote, games as being part of that identity. And then the Gamergate hashtag became so huge that I would say its original intent got lost. Obviously, misogynists have continued to attack Zoe and other women this entire time. But many other people, not really knowing what Gamergate actually means, have hopped on board and said, oh, I'm a gamer. What is this? Like, like just thousands of people that don't really know anything about Zoe. So that has happened as well. It's just that people have been tweeting in this hashtag without really knowing what happened or that the hashtag was started by Adam Baldwin you know, like it's it's just really gotten weird. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it seems like some people kind of got wrapped up in it as an idea that this was a re- a reaction to to that gamer, the death of the gamer article yes. coming out, and kind of a feeling that the major games outlets had a a hostile view towards their audience, and that's where some of that anger came from from the people who weren't in the initial wave of that. Yeah. So so yeah. And and that's basically where we are. That you know, I saw uh you know Chris Plant of Polygon put out a piece that was kind of criticizing this idea of a gamer, just like Lee's piece did, because like frankly, people that really hyper associate with being gamers, it's easy to conflate them with the people doing this kind of unquestionably horrible stuff to you know, Zoe and other women and, and you, Maddie. It it made me very scared to wake up one morning at PAX and to see your name on a hit list. Yeah. I mean yeah. that me that that scared me. So yeah, before we start this, I just kinda wanted to make a a, a blanket discussion because I think that or a blanket statement, because I think there's been so much heat on this issue and i just i i I would hope that if you tune into isometric like you tune into us to have a more nuanced discussion and i just wanted to make a statement and say i don't hate gamers i love gamers they buy my you know my games i myself yeah i was if i were 12 years old today 15 i would be just as wrapped up in all of this. I just wanted to start this discussion by saying, when we're talking about gamers as an aggregate, I don't hate you. And even though when Lee Alexander first posted that piece about gamers being over, I have to tell you, my first reaction was, yeah, because those are the same people that were beating up my friends. But after a week of thinking about it, I've kind of taken a step back and I've reflected on it. And I think there's a more nuanced discussion that you can have here because I think a lot of people that are gamers just feel kind of powerless and a little... I I just think about myself at 15 and how powerless and lonely I felt. No, that's completely how I felt, too. And we've talked on the show before about how a lot of us didn't have the same politics we have now when we were younger. So I've tried to be really patient with some of these people who've been tweeting at me, not the people who just tweet insults. They... I don't need to talk to them. But if people seem like they're really asking questions, I've... I mean, people can go look at my feed. I had some long conversations with people who I'm pretty sure were trolling me today and yesterday 
And I did it because I really do think that a lot of people on this Gamergate hashtag do not know about Zoe, or if they do know, they've really got the wrong idea, and they don't really know anything about games journalism. But I know a lot about it, and I know about these policies. I know about journalism. So the least I can do is try to explain to these people how these things really work, what ethical violations would entail, Admit that ethical violations have happened in the past in games journalism, and I have spoken out about them before. So in some ways, I'm pretty well equipped to talk about this because anybody who's followed me on Twitter for more than a year knows that I complain about games journalism all the time. And we've had conversations about that on this show, too. Yeah, I welcome critique of it. I went on Justice Points relatively recently and did a whole episode just about games journalism. And if people want to know more about what I think about it, I recommend that episode. But... I don't think I think that that the alleged concerns of of Gamergate with regard to Zoe are not based in reality. Yeah. And that they're they don't make any sense and that they're mostly based in a desire to make fun of women. Yeah. And I I mean some other things have happened sort of in that vein. Like some some people decided to obsessively research some of Patricia Hernandez's articles at Kotaku and discover that she knows Christine Love and an Antropian person and that she lived with them for a time. Those are two game developers. All of these people are women. And they decided that that was a conspiracy. Now, there have been many instances that I know about of men in the games industry living together, knowing each other, hiring each other, Men have been doing this for decades in the tech industry, in the games industry, in every male-dominated industry. That just happens all the time. If we, if we could uncover every instance of that, you would see corruption everywhere. But people only obsessively research Patricia because she is a woman and anybody who's followed Patricia Hernandez's career already knows that much like Zoe, she has suffered a lot of harassment simply for being one of the only women at Kotaku who writes about feminism. I mean, just that trajectory, like seeing people go to Patricia next and say, okay, we're going to figure out what Patricia has done wrong. And then Kotaku responded by saying, okay, we're going to really crack down on our policies because of everyone's critique of Patricia. I just, I was unhappy about that because I feel like, first of all, if we were going to have a discussion about crowdfunding, we probably should have had it like a year ago or whenever Kickstarter started becoming a thing. And the fact that we're having it now because misogynists are attacking women and only women as opposed to any number of men who've funded things. It's just madness. But anyway, Brie, go ahead. (laughs) I just, I can't help but be overwhelmed by what feels like hypocrisy for me. I'm not going to name names, but I, I do know people in the games industry that are reasonably high up. And I just can't help but laugh at the irony of, there's a certain games journalist I know that's a household name and to kind of laugh about the fact that yeah, this person who is a guy has posted so many pictures of him out partying with, you know, Sony executives, drinking with Sony executives, clearly extremely close friends, close friends with the people he's covering. And, and clearly he has passion for these kinds of games, but it just, it feels like 
pretty much everything when you're a woman in game dev feels like a double standard all the time. So it's, it's just not a conversation we're having. And the fact that as far as I understand, it has only been women that have been, you know, the victims of Gamergate. And I do think there's a wider, reasonable conversation about journalistic, journalistic ethics and confluence and conflict of interest that I think would be very welcome in this industry. That's not what's happening. It's not what's happening. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, that I have been talking about those specific issues for years. And like the fact that nobody listened any other time that I spoke about what I have perceived as conflicts of interest with people I know, or companies, any number of times I've talked about that. And no one cared. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> because it didn't really matter until they could laugh at a woman. And and there are so few women in the industry <sighs> that it's easy to just pick the five that you can find right. and just obsessively look at every single photo they've ever posted. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, really, if you're only investigating five people <laughs> and you discover that they know each other, then I guess you can just invent anything. Yeah. And, and there's so little money at stake for most of these I know. women. Like, I know. many of them are freelancers. They took out Jen Frank last yeah, night. I, oh. so, la- so Jen Frank, three days ago when we're recording this, so, so a week ago when you're listening, wrote a piece for The Guardian that summarized the situation as it, as it is now, as we've just summarized it for you. She talked about Zoe and Anita. In her original draft of the piece, she included a disclosure at the bottom saying that she had met Zoe and Anita before. That was the disclosure, was that she knew them. And the Guardian, <laughs> of course, the Guardian, I'm laughing because this is so sad. I'm so sad about this. I'm sorry to laugh. I'm really upset. But the Guardian told her, we're not going to publish this disclosure. That's ridiculous. We don't need to put this up. But so they put up the piece without this disclosure. And people attacked her for not acknowledging that she knew these women. They found examples of her talking to them. They harassed her and she showed them screenshots of the emails she had sent to the Guardian saying that she had wanted to include the disclosure. The Guardian complied and included this disclosure. This is not a disclosure that any other journalistic outfit would ever need to include. Like the idea that if a journalist is covering a story and they know the people that they've met them before, that's absurd. Of of course, that's reasonable. It doesn't make any sense to have to disclose such a thing. And the idea that Jen would be harassed over this, Jen has been writing about games for a decade and she, she decided to stop writing about games last night. She tweeted that she would not do it anymore because the harassment that she received from this has been so severe. And she has been considering stopping for a while because she's had a lot of trouble getting contracts working for games outlets which is an experience that i really understand because it's very hard to do that especially if you're a woman i know people don't believe that they think women are taking over games journalism but actually no we're still a minority still very hard to get hired so yeah so jen has decided that she's going to leave and maddie bryce also tweeted that she doesn't intend to write about games anymore she also is somebody who has kind of said that she's considering quitting for a while and a lot of women just don't see why they would continue to write about games if this is this this is the absurd unreachable standard to which they're being held and i'm just to see my male journalist colleagues 
laughing about this and just jovially joking with one another about supposed corruption with one another. It's not funny to me because I know women who are quitting because they are worried that somebody will hunt them down and kill them or assault them. And they don't, they want to have families. They want to have lives. They're quitting because of that. I had an hour long discussion today with Amanda at giant space cab, because we don't know we don't want to be the victim of this. This week, I have had so much harassment on my Twitter. It has been blocking 50 to 100 people a day, just constantly. I had, on Saturday this week, I had someone spam my inbox repeatedly with degradation pornography of women in situations that felt like that were very rape-like to shock me and intimidate me that was it was it was a lot of that and like i'm at pax i'm trying to have a good time and it has been i have gotten stuff this week that scared the frack out of me to the point that i'm having conversations with my husband about what do we do if someone comes to our house and I don't know a single woman in the industry that is not terrified right now of being the target of this stuff. And it is, mm-hmm. it is so serious and deeply unfair. And it's, it's exhausting. I, why would you stay in an industry that tells you over and over and over again that you are not welcome here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I really don't have an answer for the women who've come to me this week and said that they are quitting or that they want to quit. And what do I think? I pretty much have to say, you know, I get it. And if you have to leave, I understand. Because I, I mean, I think a lot of people know that my friend Samantha Allen quit games journalism two months ago because there was a situation where many people at Giant Bomb were harassing us. Yeah. And I don't really w- know that it's worth delving in the specifics of that. You can find the conspiracy theories on Reddit still if you Google it. Um, and I, a lot of those people were not, these people who are talking to me now about conspiracies and games journalism are the same people who were not there for us then. Yeah when a journalistic out, uh, outlet was just sort of allowing their community to do this. I mean, it, it's it's a situation where I, I have no sympathy at this point. I just, yeah. I already know I'm doing the work. So that's basically the kind of tweets I've been sending is, I already work in games journalism. I'm already solving these problems on a daily basis. I'm already doing my job. Yeah. So you can try to tell me that there's some huge conspiracy of corruption, but I already know there isn't. At least not on my end. I'm already doing the best I can. So, Steve, Georgia, you guys mm-hmm. haven't really had yeah. your say yet. Yeah, I do want to say we're going to we're we're going to go through some of their arguments in the interest of being fair um, and kind of take them apart. But I just wanted to give you guys a chance to speak. I mean, I I had some conversations today, and first of all, I can't even make sense out of half the stuff that's going on. Uh, it's it's really I've tried. I really do. I'm a, I am I like to think of myself as a reasonably intelligent person. And I'm trying to make sense out of what's going on. 
there's a couple things that I've kind of gone through this thought process. First of all, I had some conversations today. Some somebody was trying to, you know, trying to interrogate me on this kind of stuff, and I basically all I said was maybe there's a conversation to be had here, but I'm not in the mood to have a conversation when I'm worried about my friend's safety. Yeah. And that's really all it comes down to. Like, if this really is about gaming mm-hmm. journalism, and there, I, I, I honestly believe there are some people who think that this is legitimately about gaming journalism. I do too. Yeah, people who yeah. showed up late to the party and they don't really know what it's about, and they're like, hey, I care about game journalism. I want integrity in game journalism. That sounds good. Right. I honestly, I, un- I feel for those people because yeah, there's, there is a conversation to be had here, and there is harm being done in those people's names. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, I can't have any sort of a reasonable conversation about this while I know that this other stuff is being going, being done. And while I know that I'm worried sick about the both of you, because I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm like, I'm like three levels removed from this. I see like a millionth of what the two of you see and, and it affects Mm -hmm. me. And I don't really want to have a conversation about that until like there's a time and a place for that conversation, but it's not now. It's not while there's harassment going on. It's not while people are, Mm -hmm. are living on couches because they can't sleep in their homes, you know? Mm -hmm. So the other thing is that there's a level of reaction that's appropriate for Mm. the discussion at hand. Yeah. And if really what your concern is you're you're unhappy with the way that a site is conducting itself and that's that's totally fair right we've all talked about penny arcade we don't visit penny arcade because of the way that they conduct themselves that's totally fair boycott the site that's fine that's the appropriate response but that's it you know if that will hurt the site that will show them what they need that they need to change because you'll be affecting them in the bottom line which is where where really where that's going to affect change but this is what is happening is not targeting the sites and getting the sites to change. It is targeting individuals and punishing them for existing online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is not okay. And there's no, there's no universe where that's okay. So I think that it's hard. That's why it's hard to have a rational discussion about this because well, it's a right. it's not born of rationality. the in, The entire premise of the debate is not rational, so it's right. useless to pretend that we can have a rational discussion because of it. I right. think. But but even the the parts of it that you could you could sit down on a normal day and have a conversation about, right? That's not being addressed in, in a rational way that that is conducive to that kind yeah. of discussion. Yeah. and and it's a not- lot of what I've heard is well, the you know the. The, the quote-unquote feminists and social justice warriors are doing the same to people on the other side, too. Well, that's not right either. But no. that, and, and if that's happening, that's not okay either. But that is, doesn't change what's happening. I haven't seen anybody I know doing anything. And the people I know are the people being attacked. And mostly what they're doing is taking long Twitter breaks or quitting or leaving. Right, exactly. I mean, they're not lashing out per se, I also know that 4chan does that thing where they make fake accounts and then right. just continue to pretend to be other people in order to harass. It, you know, I don't trust anything. I just know what my friends are doing and what my colleagues are doing and what people I know are doing. And they don't deserve this. So it really doesn't right. matter what you Nobody heard. deserves this. So, no matter for what, nobody deserves this. So, Georgia, we haven't really heard from you. 
It's so yeah. horrible. It's so horrible because, as Steve had mentioned, it is not at all, you know, it's not at all um, warranted for what happened. Even if everything that people are saying is true, these are these are internet lynchings that are happening to real people where they are honestly scared for a, no crime of which was committed. And it is just, it really breaks my heart to see this happen yeah. to people. Because you think, like, haven't we evolved further than this? Like, I want to live in this, like, Star Trek world where we can all rise above this kind of crap. And I work every day trying to help people live better and be smarter and make better choices. And it's it's just so very disheartening to see it all happen. Anita Sarkeesian, when she's like, it's kind of ironic because she's talking about violence against women in video games and, uh, you know, how it's wrong and, and it actually has a physical effect. And it's almost like these people proved her point mm -hmm. by doing these horrible things to her for, for nothing, for nothing. You can completely disagree with her points. And, and why, why do that to anyone? How can you do that to anyone? It's illegal to do that to people. It's just so horrific to me to see that happen. And I don't think that, I think that everyone, you know, they just see their little drop in the bucket and they don't get that there's like, like a waterfall is made by like many different little drops in buckets. Um, and they, I don't think that they get the amount of fear that we can go through from this and trauma and going through her people's personal histories and putting pictures online and, and finding out all their private information. And it's just, I, I, I think that it's, it's so sad because I know that it is a few extremists that give everyone I, such I a bad I actually don't name. agree with that. I, 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 I said from the beginning of this discussion, like I respect, gamers and yeah i i just want to be really clear like i have respect for gamer culture but i don't believe this is a few bad apples georgia i wish i could believe that what i think is scariest about this is these people are a mob and they have power mm. and two months ago they decided to go after samantha who is honestly I, I know she's your friend, Maddie. I'm telling you, honestly, she's probably my favorite writer in the entire industry. They, this mob went after Samantha two months ago, mm -hmm. and they took her out. And they took out Jen Frank last night and Maddie Bryce. And they tried to take out Zoe. And they got really close. And they're trying to take out Ania Sarkeesian. And some of them are trying to take out Maddie. And some of them are going after me. And it's not a few bad apples. This is something fundamentally broken with this industry. You cannot have 30 years of portraying women as bimbos, sex objects, second bananas, damsels in distress, cleavagey eye candy. You cannot portray women like that over and over and over in the games and in the culture. You can't have a journalism culture where the main women that gamers see are models that deliver their news to them. Eventually, it normalizes this treatment of women. And 
I think something is really sick and broken in our culture. And the saddest thing is we need the men in this industry in positions of power to stand up and change some of this stuff. And they're just not listening. They are not doing anything. And it's, it's ruining women's careers at this point. It is having awful consequences. I could wake up tomorrow and Maddie could be their next target. I might be their next target. Amanda might be their next target. I mean, Alexa Polygon could be their target. Susan, anyone is fair game with these rules and no one is doing anything about it. It is terrifying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really, I yeah. took some publications to task today. Uh, I know I, I sort of called out Polygon a little bit. I don't think they're going to do anything. Much respect to them, but I just, it doesn't seem like they want to. Yeah. But I, I really would like it if these mainstream video game sites would take a stance against this kind of harassment. And I wished that they would on Giant Bomb when that was happening. And they wrote a letter, but they were really vague. And they ta- I have seen these articles that are very vague that are like, hey, we really condemn harassment of all kinds, but they don't make it clear who is doing the harassing. And a lot of times they'll water it down in this kind of weird both sides language that makes it sound like maybe even the people who are being harassed are in the wrong <laughs> Yeah. And and I mean, it. whatever people are doing out there in the name of social justice, maybe there are feminists harassing people. I know people who aren't harassing anyone who are victims and they're not being advocated for by any of these publications. And these publications just kind of want this to go away. And yeah. these harassment campaigns keep happening to women in the industry. Like, I mean, a lot of people were referring to this thing that happened to Jade Raymond, who worked on Assassin's Creed Back in 2007, people drew a pornographic comic of her that got circulated on Something Awful and a bunch of other places, and a bunch of people were harassing her, saying that she only worked for Assassin's Creed because she slept around with the team. I mean, this is like old school stuff that we should be way past, and even back then, it was it was absurd that people were saying that about her and it's like nothing has changed and i always thought that you know there are more women working in games journalism now not very many of us but there are more than there were at that time so we see articles about this kind of thing more often but i've been really disappointed this week in the coverage of this i i mean at paste we put something up today i wrote something it's not up yet i'm still working on it it's very long i don't i it will probably be up by the time this episode is out, but it's, I, I don't know. I'm very upset. So, I mean, we're doing our best, but I, it's, it's hard to know what to say. So I, I'm disappointed in these other publications. I don't work for what is considered a big publication, but I'm very proud of where I work. Garrett, my boss wrote something that was what we put up today. I'm really proud that he's my boss and proud to work for him. I think what he wrote was great and I'm just glad. So, I, I really would like to see other people taking a similar stance against this and being specific about what they're taking a stance against, saying that it, they're taking a stance against misogynistic attacks against Anita, against Zoe, against Jen, against 
all women. I mean, Lee has seen it just the idea that people would be randomly accusing any woman in games of, of sleeping with people to get their position is it's absurd. It's I can't even believe it's happening. Yeah, I really can't believe it. You know, you know, people are are hoping exactly that, that this is going to go away, that it's suddenly going to become a non-issue. And I, I think a lot of it is because it makes people feel uncomfortable because they don't really understand and they figure it doesn't really affect them. So why if, and, and I think that they're scared of these people and because this is what they've done to other people, they don't want to be the next people. But it, it brings me back to the, um, that famous quote of first they yeah. came for the socialists and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a socialist. And then they came for the trade unions and I didn't speak up because I wasn't there. Then they came for the Jews and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me and no one else yeah. left. Yeah. And, and I mean, I've, I've even caught myself and I've heard other people saying that like, and I, and I feel terrible that I've even said it, but, you know, like, I can't wait for Destiny to come out so that hopefully these people will have something else to do. I don't blame you for feeling that way at all. And, and and to some extent, it's dismissive. I mean, on the other hand, I mean, maybe that's I mean, it's maybe it's just wishful thinking. I don't know, because mm-hmm. I, but there's always going to well, be the something. Problem, the problem is that even though they might get distracted by something else, these misogynists still believe this. Right. Yeah. It's not enough to distract them because the problem is, is that if they don't get hit hard, you end up with, you know, when someone does something wrong and the first time that you do something wrong and you get hit really hard for it, not hit physically, um, but like something you, you right. pay People a consequence say they're to disappointed that and it is you. extreme. They are, you're told for it. Something like that happens. Exactly. And then... There's a le- the, it lessens the chance that you're going to do it again. And the problem with hoping that this just goes away and no one's going to speak up about this is being like, this is wrong. This can't be okay. This can't be sanctioned. It can't be swept underneath the, the rug is that it'll happen again. Yeah. And it, it, it's just pretty much saying that they can get away with this kind of behavior and there are no consequences to that. And that's really dangerous. And the other it's thing really is dangerous, dangerous is that they don't see the people who are behind this as real people. Right. Yeah. They and, don't. and they're just they're yeah. just faces yeah. and avatars on the internet. And I mean, we've we've all mm-hmm. read the things about how trolls behave and and why trolls act the way yeah. that they do. And they don't see their targets as real people. And and it's they don't. And that's the problem. And that's what happens is that real people are getting hurt by this. Yeah. And whatever mm-hmm. else is happening, I mean, if games journalism is corrupt, it's corrupt. Okay, but. That's not worth ruining a person's career over. It's not worth worrying ruining a person's life over. Yeah. Well, that's the the thing that I don't understand. I completely don't understand where the amount of vitriol and anger comes from. Because, you know, you could say you don't like Anita's video, that you think that it was wrong for Depression Quest uh, to be featured in this manner or that. Like, okay, but I, like it's it just the amount of anger and vitriol coming out of this is is just so yeah and i mean that's that's why i have to assume it's based on like a more misogynistic impulse like people who think that women really don't belong here that there's something really wrong in that sense i mean usually there's something deeper than just the issues at hand it's more a problem with the person trolling or what have you they they have some issue with women and they're taking it out on zoe or anita they're they've had some bad breakup and they're blaming the woman for it and they see this as their opportunity to whatever it may be but but they don't see 
these other women as human and they don't see them as separate from the monolith that they see as women, all women. Like the number of times that I've been mixed up with a woman this week, another one, just <laughs> yeah, people, yeah. people have been tweeting at me thinking I'm Lee Alexander, which is <laughs> funny, except it's sad and weird, uh, like attacking me for, for articles that other people have written. And I'm, I'm like, do you even know who I, it's, it's like, a, a weird mistake but but given the mentality it makes sense because to them games are not i don't know i i don't even know if it's about games i think it might just be i don't even know if these are people who identify as gamers i it might uh, even just be misogynists who can, have can found push, this sort of breakup yeah. post and they're capitalizing on that i really don't get it i i i I, I have to give you some pushback on that because... Fair enough. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. So what I don't agree with you there is I think it's really tempting to define the opposition as these cartoon characters that hate women. And I think it's... I, I, I don't like that for the same reason that when 5,000 game developers put out um you know a letter saying you yeah, this kindergarten level harassment is bad that i i think that is really not getting at the root of the problem i think what you have here is um i read an article about a woman that went and attended a men's rights organization rally and what she found there were men that were desperately in need of emotional help and support like they were genuinely hurting and so i i don't think the people doing this are cartoon characters that hate women and want us gone i think theoretically almost all these people believe in a theoretical sense that women should be there I think that they have a worldview that is deeply steeped in their own privilege. And I think they're kind of unaware of different perspectives outside of their own. So I think that like they theoretically agree with women's equality. I think they may not understand how much when you attack Zoe Quinn, how terrifying that is for other women in the industry. I think they, I think something is very common is you see men that think women have some kind of advantage because, you know, they see us as sexual objects primarily. And they think that we could just use sex appeal to get anything that we wanted because they feel that power that we have over them. And I think it's people that are very steeped in a different point of view about what women are facing. Like the people that say the most loudly and confidently what women are facing and what we should feel and what we should think very real, rarely really have a perspective. So I guess it's, it's not even that I think they're bad people. I just think that they. I think that a lot of these people are hurting and they're angry and I think they don't understand the consequences of their anger. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Yeah, do you absolutely. not? No, I yeah. mean, that makes a lot of sense to me, but in some yeah. ways it's, it's even more overwhelming because I don't know how to help those people. Yeah. And I, it's part of why I try to be patient when I talk to people because I, I think 
oh, this is just a guy who's grown up probably in the States, probably with the United States' weird ideas about masculinity, which means he doesn't have that many friends because men don't often make friends in our country and he doesn't think it's okay to have feelings. Yeah. I mean, those are things we've talked about on our, our depression episode. We talked about that and it's like a real problem. So I, I try to be compassionate about that, but I it only goes so far. I mean, if a person isn't treating me like a human being, I can't convince them that I am one, you know? Yeah. So what, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. I don't either. Um, I want to go through some of the arguments that I've heard this week and just kind of address them to be, you know, as fair as we can, which I think, like, if you're looking for an objective overview of this, this isn't your show, but I would like to give it our best. <laughs> you're still here. So some of the things that the Gamergate people are saying is, uh, you know, they've said, it's not about misogyny. Um, a lot of them are saying it's not about gender at all. You know, they're kind of very resentful that they're being portrayed this way. And they think that it's kind of unfair that anyone this kind of anti-gamergate is kind of portraying the people in it as generally being sexist. I, I think that there's probably a lot of men that don't really understand the issues that you know, thought it was about having their favorite video games wanting to be censored and, and got just angry about that and really didn't understand all of the other things that are happening. Unfortunately, because there isn't a lot of really, well, I've, I've read now a lot more coverage that kind of, you know, goes through everything, but I don't think that most people would be able to stomach going through that much. And so I think that there are some people that are they they're they're not bad people and and they didn't feel this way and they didn't say anything horrible and they say well I'm a gamer so then this is counting for me and this offends me which is fair <laughs> because they didn't do that so i think that yeah you you end up sometimes becoming like a mass right like you you go online and you're like well i'm a gamer so i must be part of this i'm a male white gamer so i must be clumped into this group which is not always the case so in that part yeah, if you're someone that's trying to to um, send hateful, horrible things and drive someone and destroy them, that's a different story, of course. Not okay. I'm just saying it straight. Not okay. Don't don't do I, that. I could say as someone that's on the other side of it, I could tell you the reality of mm -hmm. Gamergate. If you are a woman in the industry, has been an avalanche of harassment that I've never seen before. I can't speak to any one person's intentions. And I do just want to say, I understand how someone could have read that op-ed by Lee Alexander or have read some of these pieces that were critical of gamers and felt like their identity was under attack and wanted to defend it vigorously. I understand that. Yeah. But I have to say the outcome, and as a software engineer, I only care about outcome. The outcome of this has been a deeply, deeply, deeply misogynist outcome. I was catching up on my Twitter feed this morning. I think she's taken it down now, but Jen Frank had posted a vine of her yep. of her mentions and it yeah. looked like a roulette wheel. Yeah. It was I've never seen anything like it and just just going so fast that you can't even read it and it I've just never seen anything like it. I can't imagine what it would be like to be on the receiving end of that. That's that's not far from my yeah, timeline. Yeah, same. I mean I my mentions today, I I'm sure I missed some stuff because there's just too much. And I apologized at some point in the middle of the day. I just was like, listen, I don't know. I can't keep up, so I'm just going to mm -hmm. keep refreshing. Sorry. Can't respond. Yeah, that's been mine as well. 
So I'd like to cover another, just a few more of the counter arguments here. Uh, another thing people are saying is that everyone in the industry receives death threats and harassment. Uh, they've gone through and named some, you know, rather famous people, like one of the editors of Breitbart.com. You know, their, their position is basically, you know, women in the industry need to grow a thicker skin. And it's just normal. Everyone gets this stuff and you need to deal with it. There, there's no reason for anybody to ever get a death threat. Like, that's just... Yeah. Nobody should have to live like that. That's not... It's not okay for anybody. Well, yeah, but, like, also you can just do some basic counting. I mean, you can look at what kind of mentions Anita is getting, and then you can look at what kind of mentions, I don't know, Jason Trier is getting, and just kind of compare and contrast. I mean, yeah. I it's yeah. just basic math. Yeah, I mean, but it's yeah. also just basic basic human decency. Like two wrongs don't make a right. Oh well, yeah. I mean, like if if guys get ten death threats and women get thirty, then they're all still death threats and none of them should exist. So the end. Yes, yeah, Steve. I I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I don't know about you, but um, like I was in San Francisco recently. I'm walking down the street and I'm getting catcalled by like five guys, and there is an instinctual terror that goes through my whole being that I'm about to be raped. And I think that's a feeling that every woman on the show is, no. is familiar with. Am I, am I off base there? I being catcalled in San Francisco in particular has a pretty significant street harassment issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say like, Steve, have you ever felt that way? No, I haven't. So I would say that it is a reality that women are, and the victims of this, of frankly, physical abuse, murder, yeah. you know, I, I think we're, we get very scared and, by this stuff because it's an evolutionary defense mechanism. And it's more likely to come true for a woman. That's the other thing, too. Right. And that's, that's for like a sexual assault. Then there's physical assault. Like it, it, violence against women, it is a real thing. This is not something that people are making up. So yeah, when, when you make very, heartfelt, horrible statements to people, and then, you know, search them out, find their email, find their personal email, put their private lives online. Yeah, that's not okay. That That's not the same as just someone putting in YouTube and, you know, I hate you, please die. Yeah. It's it's not the same kind of thing. It's much yeah, more personalized. Yeah, I mean, personalized. once you bring in people's addresses, you're basically saying, we're going to find you in person and attack you. You know, so I, I think there's an issue of proportionality. I think there's an issue of, you know, cultural significance that's yeah, I, I don't think it's proportional. I yeah, don't. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's pretty telling that, like, Phil Fish spoke out against Zoe's harassment, and they hacked him, and they posted his financial records. When I say they, I I, I guess I should specify, I mean 4chan. I would say there's a difference, but I mean, that's terrible. And they did it because he defended Zoe. But with Zoe, instead of posting her financial records, they chose to post things like her personal address, her personal cell phone number, her father's phone number addresses of people I, I mean people have been to her house she's posted about people going to her house she's not there right now i mean they i don't know i i'm sure men's addresses get posted i i can't think of an example right now i don't know does that happen but i i think there's a difference when a woman's address is posted i do you guys agree yeah no there is absolutely i mean i i think like the fact that you would post a men man's financial information and that's the hardest way to hit him but with women you post their phone number and their address. Do you know what I, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I do. I, 
I mean, you know, I'm sitting here right now looking at my Twitter and like people are posting naked pictures of my friends to like bother me. You know, it's 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 a different kind of harassment. Like mm-hmm. with Phil Fish, they went after, you know, him kind of in a more, <laughs> in a very different way than they're going after Zoe. Another argument is that it's not just straight white you know, men that are in favor of kind of this Gamergate movement. You know, and that is, that is an accurate statement. I personally have talked to several women this week that seem incredibly female to me, which is a whole different issue, like 4chan posing is different things. But um, I did talk to some women this week that do support this movement. And you know, like this is something as a as a as someone who over and over in her career has been about you know supporting women. I have no issue with those women. I just don't argue with them. I'm like, I don't agree with you, but I'm not gonna tear you down. I can tell you what I've seen is overwhelmingly ninety nine percent men. I mean, mm-hmm. Maddie, would you agree with that? Yep. To be honest, no women have actually, I think one has come up in my mentions to say that she agrees with Gamergate. I mean, it's possible I missed some. Like I said, my mentions were moving really fast. But so far, the people who I've had to block have been men. I I, could just be an absurd coincidence. But, you know, it's all anecdotal. That's, those are the only statistics I can share are my own yeah. anecdotal statistics. There, there are some people that are not straight white men that. Oh are no, I don't know if they're straight. Men. I don't know if they're white. I just know they've got male avatars, photos of men, or they've got male names, or very male approaches to talking to you, which is something you can <laughs> tell. Yeah. So another one is there are some something I've heard over and over again from Gamergate people this week has been. They actually don't want to keep Gamergate as, um, you know, boys club. And they post to, you know, they, they talk about some of these other organizations like, you know, the fine young capitalists who have kind of, you know, made a real push for women in gaming, you know, in game development. And, you know, I, they talk about how some Gamergate people theoretically are for women being part of this clubhouse. So do you guys have any thoughts about that? Uh, yeah, as the fine young capitalist, we didn't really list this in our timeline, but that was kind of part of some of the claims made about Zoe. Uh, There was a rumor that she had somehow tried to destroy their organization, except that a couple days ago, the fine young capitalist posted a a post on their blog denying that that had ever happened and saying that Zoe had never really done anything to them that... So, so hopefully that has blown over. Basically, I studied a lot of political science in college. One of the things I learned about was called the principal policy paradox. People will theoretically support a principle, but they will not support the policies to, to make that come to fruition. And one example, I'm not advocating this political position. I'm simply giving an example to describe this phenomena. One position might be you theoretically might agree African Americans in society should have equality, but you might not support the policy of affirmative action to kind of get there. And it shows up over and over again, this principal policy paradox. I think what's going on here is, yes, I think most Gamergate people don't want to keep gaming as a boys club. I think that they are unaware of how hostile 
and angry and reactionary their attitudes are kind of, even if they support it in principle, end up with the outcome being women don't play games, women don't feel like we're part of the clubhouse, women leave the gaming industry. So I feel like there's a disconnect there. Do, do How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I've never heard that term before. I like it. Another argument I've heard is this is about Gamergate is about negating censorship. And basically what you have is people that have attitudes, like they might be angry at Zoe Quinn, and they feel censored that they can't criticize her. Like you saw a lot of people, I had one editor last week that came to me privately, telling me that, you know, this is a big site, uh, telling me that like, people had come to this person over and over with really awful gossip about Zoe Quinn, and how he just couldn't publish it. So I think that, you know, and the people behind that maybe felt censored, or they feel like, I think you have a lot of kind of angry people out there that feel like they can't have their their opinions heard, or they feel criticized for having these opinions. Yeah, there was also a lot of that in comment sections on some of these articles, too, where they were getting taken down, and then eventually the comments were closed, and people felt like they were being censored because their comments were being removed. They weren't getting their say. Yeah, and that's what they perceive as... Like I, I saw some people saying that somehow they thought Zoe was censoring 4chan and Reddit because posts in which her personal information, uh, like pretty much any time people try to post her address or her phone number gets deleted, even from 4chan. They apparently have even enough standards at 4chan. You have to take a quick screenshot. It, it's amazing to me that Reddit, a place that could barely get itself to delete photos of upskirts and all <laughs> manner of sins that Reddit just allows to occur on the daily that they that they actually had enough integrity to think maybe we shouldn't be posting a woman's personal address. Yeah, I I am really impressed. I don't know what these people were coming up with that was so awful that even Reddit thought they should delete it. <laughs> but I I guess I I'm impressed. I don't know. But yeah, no, Zoe does not have... I, I, I can't confirm this as a journalist, but I'm, but I'm 99% sure that Zoe does not have the power to delete Reddit posts. Has, like, this woman that I know has been sleeping on a couch in, you know, yeah, Seattle like, for the last week. Money. Like, I mean, what little I know about Zoe is that she is flat broke most of the time. She's a struggling artist. She's constantly couch surfing because she usually can't afford hotel rooms when she goes to cons, so she just hangs around on people's couches. Not a safe situation, by the way, but, you know, that's what you got to do when you're a poor indie dev. I mean, she is not cleaning up the dough here. <laughs> so to accuse a person like this of corruption... To she she could, though. She could, though, be the head of a ninja yeah, clan. Yeah, a ninja clan that survives on ramen and Hot Pockets or something. Oh, my right. God. I hope that's true. <laughs> Please let that be true. It sounds really good. It sounds yeah. healthy. It sounds like they're in really great shape. All right, uh, I'm done. Steve, can we? Uh, <laughs> does anyone else have anything else to say? And if can I can I say one more thing before before we kind of end? I have to say, 
I do think that because more and more people are talking about it, and and yes, it may be only one side of the issue, but I think that as it becomes more mainstream and people are encouraged to speak about it, I do think that this is going to make a difference for games, for women, for the ability to speak up. And yeah, you can say it's Georgia just trying to be positive and put it positive. Yes, fine, maybe, but I honestly believe that this is going to make a huge difference for women the way that they're looked at. And I know that for myself and for my friends – when they take a look at video games, they're like, you know what, I didn't see it from this angle, that I didn't really notice how this affected you and other women, and I'm going to be changed from the way that I look at games. So there can be some good that are happening, and hopefully people will be a little bit more classy about the way that they handle dialogue. But also I'm hoping that, you know, it makes a good change for the gaming industry and for, you know, Just women be nice and to men. each other. That's all. Just be nice to each other. It shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> I don't know why it is, but it's yeah. very hard to be nice, apparently. I, I think one of the things that keeps me in the industry is I get letters literally every single day from you know, women that find what I do inspirational. I got one today from a father whose 14-year-old daughter watches you know, my, my speeches, some of these things about you know, women in tech, and finds that really inspirational. And... I've been asking myself a lot this week if I want to stay in the industry. And then I get letters like mm -hmm. that. And I know that I am making a difference right. for you know the women that are going to be coming after me. And it makes me mad. And it makes me very willing to not go anywhere. So mm -hmm. I think, I don't know. I think it will get better. I think in the long run, I think if you're sticking your in the short term, if you're sticking your head in the sand and hoping this is going to go away, it's not. And this mob is knows it works mm -hmm. at this point. And we've got a hell of a battle to fight. Yeah. Say yeah. something. If you yeah. don't think it's right, you got to say something. Yep. You know, you, you stand aside and let it happen. It's going to continue happening and it keeps the bully really, really powerful. And I think that I don't know anyone personally that has not. And we've had a lot of really positive people that have sent tweets and support and care and say, like, this is not OK. And I know some people are scared. But, you know, really, the more people that speak up, the more people that give this a voice and say that this isn't okay. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with everything that someone says, but we can have a, a honest dialogue. And then we can actually get to the main issues. If you think there's issues that should be changed, that's great. Let's change them. Let's make things better yeah. for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's go after Nintendo. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not talking about the 3DS now. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's, let's end the show on some happy... I, I okay. promise I will yell about the new 3DS next week. I promise. I need, to, I need to have energy <laughs> to yell about the okay. new 3DS. Can we talk about what we're playing? Let's talk about what we're playing. And, and then we'll, we'll, ha we'll end on a happy note because everybody loves to hear about what we're playing. So, yeah. Georgia, you want to go first this week? We haven't let you go first in a while. Um, I, I've, I've just been playing Puzzix. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> oh! I let everyone down. I apologize. I've been back. They did the, I, yeah, that's it. Apologies. <laughs> okay. I'm at level 290, though. 290? Yeah. There's. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. I know our friend, our friend Anna Tarkov, who's uh, runs a um, autism blog that I just had a guest post on. This Which week. was excellent. Oh, yeah, that was you. a great read, by the way. Thank you. 
So she's, like, stuck at level 76, so I'm sure she's going to, like, when she listens to this, she's going to, like, curse you while she's listening. Yeah, well, no, 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 just just, just tweet me, and, and I'll, I'll tell you how to pass it. We can do this. If you tweet Georgia on this, you're going to gloat. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine Georgia gloating. Uh, I'll give you all the tricks. There's just tricks. You just got to. Oh, it. wow. Okay. So, Maddie, what have you been playing this week? More Street I'm Fighter? I'm so excited. I want to tell you guys about the game I've been playing. Have you heard of this game, Hatiful Boyfriend? Does oh, no. Like Are it? you no. playing that? I, yes. I've, I've heard of it, and I'm terrified of it. So oh, I want you to tell really? me all about it. Okay. Well, first of all, I I beat all of Kirby on Perfect. Yeah, that's me bragging. What's Whoa. up? Kirby Triple Deluxe. It's done. It's done and dusted. I spent a lot of time playing Kirby this week, so it's done. I recommend that. Great stress relief. But after that, tonight when I got home, I was like, well, there's no more Kirby. What can I do? What 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 can I possibly play before Isometric? Also, I, I was hoping to have a new game. This is a new game. It is a dating sim parody, but it is a parody that takes itself extremely seriously. So I don't even know if the word parody is correct to describe what genre it's in. Every You are playing a human girl who goes to a high school in the future where birds have evolved to the point where they're intelligent. And so you're going to a high school for birds. Maddie, I I totally think you're like just messing with me, but I'm, but I'm looking at the pictures. I'm looking at the pictures. There's birds. This is a dating sim about birds. I just want to make that very clear. Now, wait, wait, can I say something, Maddie? Do you remember our first isometric? I do. Where we were talking this about like This game is the product of me wondering <laughs> on that first show what gamers thought about bestiality. It turns out what they think <laughs> is that it's a okay and the, here it is in this bird game. The game is the game is a I'm not far enough yet in the game cuz I only got to play for an hour or so before the show. <laughs> but I'm far enough to tell you I I have had a terrible day. And this game made me laugh out loud multiple times. This is so Unexpectedly, ridiculous. in spite of myself, I was laughing out loud at this game. I don't know how to explain it to you other than to say, like, I have seen some anime where this trope exists, where, like, a woman is courted by many men. Like, Orin High School Host Club <laughs> is, is sort of my go-to example for this very funny show. If, if you like comedy anime, I, that show's hilarious. And there are many other anime in that, in that style. So this game is capitalizing on those tropes in just the most comedic way. Like, there's a bird that is the parody of, like, the rich boy, and there's a bird that's, like, the the bird next door, if you will, <laughs> the bird who's grown door. up with you. And there's this a bird who's like the emo bird who hangs out in the library and he's a morning dove. And I mean, I don't, it's there's so a, There's hilarious. a budgie that's like Blasto. Like, this is brilliant. I can't believe this is real. It's really delightful so far. I don't know which bird <laughs> I'm going to date. I'm excited about it. And I just, it made me laugh oh, so much and it was so, so great. So if, if people need a hilarious pick me up and especially if they're already a little bit familiar with like sort of the harem style anime genre or dating sims that feature like a woman protagonist and a male harem, any, anything in that style, this parody is hilarious. <laughs> and I think it's, it's pretty funny even if you're only vaguely familiar with the tropes. That like if if anything I've described just now, you're like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with that. I get the joke. You'll think this is funny because it's it's just great. It's great. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Maddie? Well, go for it. So okay, so the best part from these dating sims is like, well, who do I want to date? 
you know, so how do you decide that when it's birds? I don't know. I, I was, I was, the way that I was doing it was, yeah. I was like, I was trying to think of who I would have dated it when I was in high school. So I ended up picking the library job because I was a total nerd in high school. Did not date anyone in high school. Everyone knows that. But, but let's pretend that I did. So I picked the library job. And I went to music for my first elective and then I went to gym after that. And like, I was sort of like, I think I'm probably going to end up with the emo bird because I'm kind of thinking about what I was like at that age, wearing a lot of eyeliner, feeling like very misfit. Maddie, is the emo bird an emu? No, 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 no. He's a morning dove. He's a morning dove. I'm just sorry. No, I mean, good point. But yeah, no, he isn't. I just want everyone like, please don't encourage her punning. <laughs> the thing about dating sims, you're supposed to play them again and again and date every guy and get all the endings. That's the intended way to play them. And they're set up that way. So it's kind of silly for me to be worrying about which bird I'm going to date first, because I think I'm supposed to date all the birds. Right. I don't know. Have you guys ever played like a, a, a you know harem game? And but you're playing as a male character, and I then really you're don't like, play these at all. So no, I've never, I've yeah. no experience. So with these. this is a really weird experience because like you're you're with all these girls, and it's like, and then you're like, okay, which one should I date? And you're like, well, I like her. We'll be friends. And then you're talking, you're getting to know her, and you're like, whoa, 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 it's getting really weird right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like it's it's totally weird. Yeah. So yeah, this is probably like the experience of like what you would have if you weren't right. attracted to whoever. Because I'm talking to birds. So <laughs> yeah, like who who like the person that actually had to like pitch this, you know? Like okay, we're gonna do a baiting bird, but it's gonna I be think, different. I think a lady. We're gonna do I birds. Think a lady made the game. I'm I'm assuming. I don't know, but um, no, no, it was a lady. I think I'm remembering Wikipedia correctly. She made it as an April Fool's joke. And um, so it's not intended to be a serious game, but it ended up catching on because it's a good game and it's funny. And (laughs) there's a sequel, too. I don't know if this person has made other games, really. It's the game is not originally in English either. The version that's out now that just came out, it came out today, actually. I'm really on time with this is is the English release, but it's actually been available for a couple of years. So, yeah, it's a, it's a remake. It's on Steam. It was only 10 bucks. It was completely worth it <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was really foul. So, Bree, what have you been playing this week? I played a ton of uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. I forgot to charge my uh, 3DS on my plane ride uh, out to PAX, and um, I was just too exhausted to work. So I'm like, what Steam games do I have on my box? And I sat there and played uh, Necrodancer until I got really addicted to it. And I played a ton of that on the flight out there and in the hotel when I got home at night and on the way home. In fact, I didn't play Pokemon at all and work on beating that. So can I ask you, have you been able to clear the second area in Necrodancer? Nope. Okay, so nope. I'm not, so I don't suck because I suck at this game. Because um, I not. can clear the first area, I I completely get destroyed in the second area, and I don't even know how people get to the third area. It's not just you. So it's it's a good game. Sometimes I will play a game that is not interesting to me personally, so I will get to the point of understanding what the fun is about it. Like when we play <laughs> Madden, no, I, that's not a joke. It's like as a game developer, it's helpful to understand what people are finding appealing about 
different kinds of games. Like John Syracuse, I, I did a podcast with him recently, and he, he had a whole litany of game types that he doesn't like. And I don't like behind-the-back third-person, you know, games. I don't like this. And that's a cool thing, like, to know what you like or don't like. Um, for me, as a game developer, it's sometimes cool to stay with a game that I kind of hate until I at least understand like what people find appealing which is why i'm hoping to do it you know why play you in madden and get destroyed steve uh you won't (laughs) okay we'll see uh the other game i've been playing a lot of diablo 3 on my ps4 and uh i've only had about four hours to play danganronpa which yeah danganronpa 1 is my game of the year so far I've been able to play some of Danganronpan 2. It's it's a very interesting game so far. I'm not going to know if it's better or worse until I get deeper into it. Um, mechanically, it is a much better game. Like, every single minigame is deeper this time. But the trial difficulty is way harder. And there is no way you should play Danganronpa 2 until you played the first one. Because I think you would get your butt kicked if you uh, were not really kind of good at the logic and controls already. But I'm playing that and am enjoying it. Cool. What about you, Steve? So I got Madden. (gasps) Is it just like the commercial said it would be? Madden season (laughs) is the reason my head just touched your face. The time is here. It's finally here. I put you in your place. I'm actually doing this show from the embassy suites because I let my house burn down. Oh, wow. Awesome. There's a huge crowd. So so here's the problem with Madden. Okay. And and I'm going to preface this again. We had this conversation. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I haven't gotten very far into it. And there's something I want to talk about that's way more interesting than Madden. But... Is it Nintendo? Sorry. It's not. <laughs> so I tried to play it. The first time I played it, I spent about like an hour going through tutorials and just bored out of my mind. And then the next time I tried to play it, I went through a game and just, I didn't feel anything. Like it just feels really mechanical to me, like as a football fan. Like I don't feel like it's connecting me to football at all. So, but I was, I was trying to stick with it and trying to get like, like, like Bree's saying, like play it enough to get into it. And then the third day that I tried it, it wanted me to log into origin for some reason. And I couldn't find my origin password and I gave up. It's frustrating. I I don't, I'm going to give it a little bit more time, but I just don't feel like that's, it doesn't feel like football to me. It feels like it's kind of its own entity. And I'm, it's kind of like tangentially connected to football, but, and it's probably because it's 1130 and I'm not quite coherent at this point, but (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to play it some more over the week and we'll have, and maybe when Bree and I play it, it'll, it'll kind of sink in a little bit more. I think because I'm playing it by myself too, it's not quite the same thing as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need that adversarial relationship depicted in the commercial, which I think Bree, Bree is going. That is true. To deliver. I memorized the entire song so I can, <laughs> I can, I can do that at you. No, 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 no. I'm so, kind of who's, who's slapping who? So the, that's what I want to know. So the game that I got that I actually have been enjoying this week is uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt, which is for the 3DS. So yes, Nintendo. Hmm. But it is one of these games. It's like Mighty Number no. Nine, where it's one of these games. It's like the mega, one of these Mega Man spiritual successor games. Like, you know, the guy's a blue robot and he has like, it's not quite the same because he doesn't get the powers when he fights the the enemies, but it's a, a very like Shovel Knight kind of experience where there's a lot of different levels and each level is set up 
like a Mega Man level with the boss at the end, and they have the level towards the end of the game where you have to go back and fight all the bosses again. But it's got an it's got an interesting mechanic where you're not really shooting at the guys, but you're just using your gun to like tag targets, and then you use the shoulder button to zap the guys with electricity that comes out of you that you're also using as a shield. And that also lets you levitate when you're jumping. So there's like a, a kind of a it, – it's a lot like Shovel Knight where it gives you a lot of mechanics all at once. And then that's pretty much it aside from some super moves. And then it really kind of iterates on them really well and, th- and throws a lot of different twists at you to kind of stretch how well you've mastered those systems. Which it worked really well for Shovel Knight. And it, it doesn't quite work as well here because they have some – weird things with some of the levels that are kind of like the, the tutorials aren't quite clear initially what you're supposed to do. And they have this mechanic where you can earn, get like this, play this game at the end where you could earn materials to synth gear, but you never quite get the materials that you want. And you can do some challenges to replay levels to get more materials, but you never, it, it doesn't really dole them out well. So maybe they'll address that in an update or something like that. But you know, it, it's enough to, cure my Mega Man itch, at least until Mighty Number no. 9 comes out. Is it only for the 3DS? <laughs> I think so. I, I don't think it would work anywhere else, really. it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's available. It might work on the Wii U, but I don't. I think it's just for the 3DS. Okay. Alright, well, thank you for sticking with us through this <laughs> marathon of an episode. Steve, you're going to get carpal tunnel editing this I'm episode. so sorry about how long this is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wish this was a short episode. And nothing happened to women this week. Yeah. Bye. You you guys can all send uh you can all send cookies to my wife. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. so so anyway, so you, uh you can find the show notes for this show and all the shows at isometricshow.com or 5x5.tv slash isometric. Please go review the show, rate and review the show on iTunes. That really helps us out. You can send feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com or you can Tweet the show at Isometric Show, and you can, of course, follow any of us individually. I am at Wicked Good, and Brie, where can people find you? Space Cat Gal, but don't, don't do it. Don't do it this week. Yeah. Don't, don't. I've got. Now, go ahead, like, like add me. I want to talk to Isometric. You know what? Isometric listeners adding me on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. they listen to yeah. this whole episode, Brie. They listen to this whole episode. Yeah. They deserve Please your Twitter Please do it because handle. it will be like a breath <laughs> of fresh air. We love our listeners. Th- we have great listeners. We do. Because, like, literally all the rest of my Twitter is extremely depressing. So, yeah. yeah. So, Maddie, where can people find you on... Uh... I am Samus Clone on Twitter. And if you listen to this entire show and you still want to hear me talk more, then you can follow me on Twitter. And I commend you. You get an achievement if you got all the way through yeah. this. Yeah. Like, just tweet me and I will give you a Dalabunga hashtag. So. Yup, yup, same. We almost made it all the way through an episode. And Georgia, where can people find you? You can uh, find me on Twitter at uh, Georgia under... I almost forgot it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so Georgia, tired at this point. At Georgia. I know. And guess what? I, I know who Dawabunga is. But anyways. Oh, I said it. Okay. <laughs> and, oh, was, it's because I'm tired. <laughs> ah, um, I'm at... On Twitter, I'm at Georgia underscore Dow. So thank you, as always, for listening and for bearing with us <laughs> through this uh, really long show. And we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Bye.